0: Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth, consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan.
1: Someone said to me very early on that you have to leave space in your schedule and in your attitude for serendipity to happen.
0: Today on episode 583 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm here with ghostwriter Laura Gale. I'm going to ask Laura how consultants and coaches can gain the best return on their investment from a book and much more. Stay with us to hear all the details. You can find out more about Laura along with all of our previous episodes at smashingtheplateau.com. Are you building your own business after a long career as an employed professional? Listen to our show, Going Solo, also found on our website, smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Laura Gale. Laura is a ghostwriter who helps entrepreneurs share their experience and legacy to grow their audience and their business. She has worked with entrepreneurs from all over the world and is a best-selling author herself. Laura, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you so much for having me, David.
0: Laura, how did you become a ghostwriter?
1: Well, that's a bit of an involved process. I got a degree in writing and publishing straight out of school. And after a brief internship at a publishing house was offered a role there, I went into uh, publicity. And worked in that role for several years, so I sort of learned all of the marketing and all of the public-facing aspects of kind of putting a book out into the world. And then uh, around the time that Amazon was really kind of coming up and taking over the book industry, I thought, mm, "There's there's something changing in this in this industry, so I need to kind of get a grip on how to work on my own." And so I started out just doing content marketing and copywriting. And eventually people started asking if I would be interested in trying out some books, some longer projects. And the first couple went really well. And I just thought this is really fun. I really enjoy how immersive this is. The kind of long form really suited me. And yeah, so I just started offering books as my primary focus. And that was several years ago now, and it's kind of been rolling ever since.
0: I love how you listen to the marketplace, both in terms of figuring out that the industry was changing while you were an employee and you needed to figure out a better way to provide a long-term career path that would be sustainable. And then when you went out on your own, you also listened to what people were asking you to do and realized that there was an opportunity to go deeper in one, in one sort of narrow slice of writing.
1: Yeah. And I think that's actually been, I mean, uh, in in retrospect, it sounds very polished and like I was very strategic about it. It sort of happened on the fly, certainly. Uh, But I think that has been a real benefit uh, because it has meant that I'm not in that kind of feast famine cycle. I'm not scrambling to find work that people are not really that interested in acquiring. And there has just been an avalanche of interest in books. So certainly as long as that keeps being the case, I'm going to keep listening.
0: right well yeah the other thing about about choosing a narrow focus when you're getting some feedback from the marketplace that there there's a, both a, a need there's interest and people have the resources and want to pay you to provide a particular kind of service it's an area that a lot of people especially early on in their business career often struggle with you know the concept of choosing a very kind of narrow target and a narrow offering. A lot of people think that by doing that you're actually turning yourself off to a lot of business opportunities and what you have demonstrated is the reverse. It is a counterintuitive process but that by by establishing a foothold in a particular niche, you can go deeper and actually be more successful.
1: Absolutely. I think it makes a huge difference to be able to say who you are and what you do just in a very succinct way. And if you're trying to provide all kinds of services to all kinds of people, it's very difficult to communicate what your specific value is. Whereas if you're, you know, you just write books for entrepreneurs about their businesses, it's very specific. It makes it very easy to connect what you do with what somebody wants. It just means you know, when someone is looking for someone to help them, it makes you a really obvious choice because you're really specialized and you specifically meet that need. And because you spend so much time in that niche, you probably understand better than they do what they actually need.
0: So, with that in mind, what is a ghostwriter and what is a ghostwriter? What is not a ghostwriter?
1: <laughs> so, a ghostwriter is a writer who helps their client to produce a book, basically the process is usually that the ghostwriter will interview the client at length and record all of those interviews and take all of that recorded material, have it transcribed and then transform that raw transcription material into a draft that then gets edited and then published. So it's basically acting as a conduit between the client and the reader. It's enabling the client to publish a book or write a book when they might not have the skills or time to do it themselves, but they've got something they want to say. So it's basically using somebody else's hands to get your book written.
0: Right. So are there cases where it's not appropriate for someone to hire a ghost writer? Because you you mentioned time and skill set, but I know some people write books themselves. Some people Can't or won't do it without a ghostwriter?
1: I think it really comes down to your personal circumstances and where you're at, specifically for the people that I work with, where you're at in your business. So, writing is a whole skill set unto itself. It's really something that takes a long time to get good at. And it's not an intuitive skill set for a lot of people. For people who are running their own businesses, it's also often not really the best use of your time. It's, it's quite time consuming to write a book. And so to take, say, six or 12 months of your primary focus away from your business and onto the book, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that would potentially go awry there. So you know it really comes down to how much time you have available, whether you have like the, the inclination to do it. if you really enjoy writing and it's something that you really feel strongly that you want to do yourself, then I think by all means do that. it's it's definitely a satisfying process. But if you are really engrossed in the day-to-day of your business, you're really involved and you've got lots of projects going on or you don't feel comfortable writing. it's not really your preferred medium. Then in that case, I think it's definitely a good option to work with a ghostwriter. The people that I would say it's not really a great fit for is when you're very early in your business. So maybe you don't have reliable revenue, you haven't got predictable lead generation strategies, you're sort of still figuring out how to deliver your services effectively, get repeat customers, really dial in your processes. I think adding a book at that stage is... Very stressful, partly because you're still figuring out what your value is to the market, but also because adding a whole bunch of very qualified, very motivated leads, which tends to happen after people have read a book, to that environment can become quite chaotic and you don't want to burn the goodwill of the readers and you don't want to burn that interest and you know, put a lot of pressure on all of your systems before you're ready.
0: Right. So a book can be useful as a leverage point when you already have a successful business.
1: I think so. Definitely. It's a great way to um, expand your reach and to do a lot of uh, reputation building, a lot of audience building. There's a lot of ways you can work a book into your marketing mix. But I think, as I say, you really want to be ready for that increased volume of traffic and lead flow and, you know, customer service that it's going to produce.
0: Right. So in addition to the, the process of getting the book written, published and marketed you also need to work on your infrastructure and make sure you can handle increased traffic
1: yeah definitely and i think it's you know it, it's easy to sort of get a bit psyched out by that and then i i don't mean it to sound like a scary kind of you know crush of of influx but it's it's definitely something to consider you know sc- Uh, inefficiency sort of scales at the same rate as as growth. And so it's definitely uh, something that you want to make sure you're ready for. But, you know, as you say, the marketing is also a really crucial component. And I think that's something that's often missing from the conversation about ghostwriting that, you know, writing a book is really only half the battle. It's not going to sell itself. It's not one of those build it and they will come type situations. You know, you do have to factor marketing into your plan. I always say that, you know, writing book is half the process. The marketing is the other half and the marketing goes on for a long time. You don't want to just publicize it right at the beginning, right at the launch date and then do nothing about it afterwards. You know, you've put all of this time and effort and resource into this project. And so you want to keep on promoting it um, over the long term. So it's definitely something to take on when you feel like, okay, I really want to push my business out into the market a bit further amplify the message that's already there, um, maybe add some extra momentum to the marketing channels that are already working. But yeah, it's definitely something that's really crucial. And I, I spend a lot of time working on that aspect with clients.
0: Yeah, so when you say you, you spend a lot of time working on, on that aspect, you don't do the marketing do you?
1: I do not, no. I advise on strategy and um, sort of point them in the right direction and then sort of help them troubleshoot any questions or issues that might come up along the way. But normally their team would do that implementation.
0: Right. Laura, how much time do you think a business owner should think about allocating to the both the process of creating the book and the process of benefiting from the book.
1: So, I usually allow about six months to get a book produced, and that sort of start to finish. So, we go all the way through um, strategizing about the intent of the book, uh, going through all of the structural development, all of the interviews, drafting, editing and then formatting and and getting published. So that whole process start to finish is about six months. I think that you should be benefiting from your book for good. You know, it should be a permanent part of your revenue model and your lead generation model. I think it's it's, it's kind of like a sales representative. It's out there all the time working on your behalf. And so as long as you continue to resource it, it will continue
0: to perform. Some people write, multiple books, and they tend to do it in some time sequence. Do you have any thoughts or advice about how to conceive of producing multiple books over a period of time and, ha- and how to benefit from them?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, David. I think the place where most people get stuck with this is that they try to put all of their information into one book, and it's much more effective and certainly, if you want to publish multiple books, to have a single focus for each book. Don't put all of your information and all of your expertise in a single one. Write about one piece of what you know. So, you know, this is something that's really critical actually to the quality of each book as well, because there's plenty of information that's going to be good, but it's not all going to be right for the intent of this particular book. And so if there's material where you think actually this doesn't really serve the purpose of what this book is, then you can save that and come back to it as a topic on its own.
0: And what about the time frame if you're going to be producing multiple books with each book having a singular focus and maybe, you know, like if you have a series, it could support the evolution of a of a client through a process.
1: Certainly, and I think it really depends on the amount of time you have to promote it, the resources you have to promote it. I mean, ideally it would be annually, but if it's every two or three years, I think that's also fine. I wouldn't, if you're sort of trying to link things as you would in a series, you know, much more than two or three years between them, you're probably sort of starting to see a bit of a lag in what the audience will respond to. I would probably try to have them roughly no more than two years apart. But, you know, there's also opportunities to come back and revise the earlier books, do second editions, all of that kind of thing. So if you are seeing a longer gap, then it doesn't really, it doesn't preclude you from going and revitalizing that strategy.
0: That makes sense. Laura why do some consultants and coaches have anxiety around hiring a ghostwriter?
1: <laughs> I think for a long time it was seen as cheating, you know, and and maybe not an authentic way to represent your brand. It sort of feels like, well, somebody else has done all of the actual writing on this and I'm just sticking my name on it. Is that honest? But I think the antidote to that is to understand that it's all your material. You know, it's not the ghostwriter coming up with these ideas. It's not the ghostwriter coming up with your turns of phrase. It's them recording what you've said and shaping it into something that the audience can really connect with. My goal with every book is that it sounds exactly like the client. There should be no trace of me in it. I want the reader to have a completely cohesive experience. So I want them to have the same experience reading the book as they would speaking with the client as they would going to an event with them, you know, there should be no difference in that process. And so I think it is a really, it's a misunderstanding to, to feel that it's disingenuous to have somebody else produce your book for you.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And and yes, I think many consultants and coaches think that having a ghostwriter is cheating.
1: Right. But it's, I mean, you have someone do your taxes and that's not cheating. (laughs) You know, it's just employing somebody. Sometimes it is. (laughs) (laughs) It can be, it it shouldn't be ideally. Um, Right. I think it's just, you know, employing people who are skilled at a particular thing that is not your primary strength, right? You hire a nutritionist or a personal trainer. None of this is taking away from the fact that you are the one doing the work, getting the experience, sharing what you've found. You know, that's all you. It's just coming through somebody else's laptop.
0: Yeah, that, that makes makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm sure there's a wide range in terms of what it actually costs to produce a book. Can you talk a little bit about how much a first time author should think about investing in the whole process?
1: It really depends on the scale of the book and the type of writer that you work with. So, if you are having the book entirely gross written and it's a junior writer, somebody who's still you know, reasonably early in their career, they've maybe done, you know, just a couple of books, one or two or three. You know, maybe you're going to be looking at around the $10,000 mark for the whole project. You can get all the way up to $100,000 more, sort of depending on the scope of what that ghostwriter is going to do for you and what their experience is like. You know, if you have somebody who ghostwrote, you know, Beyonce's book or, or, you know, someone super famous, then, or that writer has, won several, you know, Pulitzers or something like that, you know, you're going to pay much closer to that hundred thousand dollar mark. I'm sort of roughly in the middle of those two. I think, you know, I've done quite a lot of work. I don't, want to be famous, I have no interest in being famous. And so yeah, there's definitely a big range there. And it really depends on what you're comfortable doing yourself, how involved you want this project to be, whether you're looking for them to facilitate the marketing as well. There's a lot of bells and whistles that you can tack on to a ghostwriting project. So it really depends a lot on the scope and on the experience of the writer.
0: Now I I know we've talked a little bit about this, but I wondered if you could offer some thoughts about, particularly for consultants and coaches, how you can get really good return on investment for your book?
1: Certainly having a clear marketing plan from the outset is really important. So not waiting until publication day to start talking about the book. So, you know, letting your clients know, letting your audience know that this book is coming, generating some audience involvement in the process. So whether that's helping them, having them help you choose a cover design, a title, you know, answering specific questions that people have asked in the material, um, you know, really as much as you can giving the people who are really your ideal readers, if you can give them some agency and some ownership in the project, then they're going to be very invested. So when the time comes, there's going to be that word of mouth push, I think relying pretty heavily on your network around publication time is really valuable, you know, doing a lot of that sort of one-to-one outreach, just letting know, letting people know that the book is here and this is what it's about and who it's for and, you know, would you mind sharing it with your network? I think having a core group of kind of brand ambassadors you know people who are you know potential partners for you maybe it's other coaches or consultants people who have a complementary business whose audience would also benefit from reading the book and then i also always suggest you know do the the stuff that's already working for you so if you are great at email marketing and you have a reliable system of generating sales with your email marketing add the book into that mix you know do your email marketing on the book, because you already know it, you're already good at it. It's a not a big learning curve. It's going to be very easy for you to see a return start to happen there. Same if you're great at Facebook ads or Instagram ads or YouTube, you know, there's so many things that people might be good at. And so I think this is not the moment to reinvent the wheel. Don't try and learn a whole new marketing platform just to promote your book, do what you're already good at, and then once you kind of come to a cap with what you're able to achieve with that particular type of marketing, then you can go and add in, you know, the thing that you wanted to learn next.
0: All right. Laura, one of the areas where people use their expertise to become self-employed and create a sustainable business is doing what you've done, which is becoming a ghostwriter. There are lots of people that are skilled at writing And as you know, the market to be employed as a writer has lots of challenges. At the same time, to figure out how to make a good living, being self-employed as a writer also has challenges. What would you advise someone who's a good writer who wants to try to create a sustainable business as someone who's self-employed where ghostwriting might be an option?
1: I think as in any business. It's about learning to confidently market yourself. It's not enough just to be a good writer. There are many, many good writers out there and many, many good writers charging very little money and living hand to mouth. And that's certainly not how I wanted my business to be. And so I, because ghostwriting is typically a higher ticket item, you know, it's definitely something, uh, it's not your cheapest way to get content. I spent a lot of time going to in-person events, conferences and masterminds and, you know, just really trying to get in the room with people who would be my ideal client and that's other entrepreneurs. And so, you know, there's kind of a benefit there in that I'm experiencing some of the same things that they're experiencing just by virtue of running my own business as well. So there's kind of common ground, but the ability to develop rapport with people is so important. You know, learning to just connect easily with people, have easy conversations, make people feel comfortable, you know, particularly with ghostwriting as the focus, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time with your clients. You're going to get really up in their lives. You get really personal. And so, you know, it's, it's really important that they're comfortable with you. And I want that to happen before we're even in business together. I want them to feel like, she's the only person that I want to have do this because I get along really easily with her. She gets me, you know, it's just, it's fun, you know, and, and I trust her because I've met her. She's a real person. I've seen some of the work she's done. And a lot of that comes from being willing to take a few risks. So certainly when you're early in your business, it feels very daunting to spend a thousand dollars to go to a conference where, you know, you don't necessarily know everybody. And it's a, You know, it then sort of requires going and putting yourself out there. And a lot of writers are quite introverted. So it's definitely a practice to get good at turning up at an event where you don't know anybody and walking away having made a bunch of new friends. And that's how I think about it though. I don't think about it as going out to network or going out to find clients. It's going out to make some new friends and seeing what happens out of it. I really believe in just developing your relationships because that's where the opportunities come from someone said to me very early on that you have to leave space in your schedule and in your attitude for serendipity to happen and I think that was amazing advice because I've just learned to say yes to things and to sort of put myself into situations where previously I might not have been comfortable just hoping that some serendipity will come along and often it does so I think that's my best advice is just get good at connecting with people and being like taking good care of your relationships and putting yourself out there even when it's uncomfortable.
0: Relationships are key and people do business with people they know, like and trust and who care about them. Absolutely. Laura, we've covered a lot of territory in a short amount of time. Thank you so much for everything you've discussed and you've shared a lot of really important information about the writing process when it comes to books and and how creating a book can be beneficial to someone who is essentially selling her or his ideas. If someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today, where would the best place be for them to go?
1: So you can check out my website, which is lauraiswriting.com. I've also got a book on this topic called How to Write This Book, and that's on Amazon. Yeah, the best option is just to kind of start exploring, really. <laughs> and, you know, there's no such thing as a stupid question. So I'd I'd be happy to hear from you.
0: Sounds great. Well, Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. My guest has been ghostwriter Laura Gale. Thank you again, Laura, for joining us.
1: Thank you so much, David.
0: When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how consultants and coaches can gain the best return on their investment from a book and much more. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.